It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. This is an interactive, interactive, interactive podcast designed for audience participation. Come talk, talk, text chat, or listen live at talkshow.com. That's still you there? That's too I'm funny. You, you know, Mark, you gotta you gotta mute the interviewer. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let the interviewer ask a question and then we'll mute him. <laughs> So, so the background noise is still bad? That's, it's okay. You're, are you on a telephone? No, I'm on the SK phone. Ah, there you go. <laughs> are you using, by the way, are you using a headset or are you using a microphone right on your computer? Just the microphone on my computer. Yeah, that's... Uh, the, that's problem, the problem is the gardener's next door. Like, I was not planning the gardener to be here right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Normally, it doesn't have that kind of intense sound in the background. Right. right. Well, we would recommend it just in general with SJ Phone to use a headset and mic, even if it's just like a $20 one. It usually works uh, quite well. Okay, cool, cool. Um, I, I'm c- kind of displaced. I would normally try to do this from my studio, but I'm here at the house today. So, um, you know, the show I don't have my mic. The show must go on. So, um, Okay, well, who, who do I have here? I have Brian and Dave and Jules. Is that right? Yeah. Is there somebody else listening on as well? It no, it's just the four of us. And okay. Jules is that Jules is me. I'm yeah, I'm Mark Giuliano. Um, okay, so Mark is there. Okay, okay, gotcha. And Dave Nelson's coming under the numbers guy. It's his uh, gotcha handle or whatever. And Brian's obvious. Okay, well, you know, maybe I'll start with Dave uh, as the, as the guy uh, starts coming this back this direction. So so Dave, you can do the talking. If he's just getting loud, you can mute me until uh, Dave's finished talking. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about talk shoes, stuff, stuff that would be quotable for the article. Like, let's say I would grab an exact quote. So just kind of give me the rundown. I'm asking it as if I don't know. Yeah, that's Anything fine. Talk shoe. Hey, so, hey uh, can, I inter- can I interject here a second? Hey, Lance, are you on a speakerphone? No, no, we're, we're, we're all set, Brian. He's, he's on a SJ phone with a microphone, and then he's got a gardener next door. Got it. Okay. Really? I'll, I'll mute him, and then, and then it'll be okay. Okay, Dave, go ahead. That's much better, absolutely. So, Lance, there's a a couple of different ways. And by the way, I'm on a cell phone, which we would also recommend you not use typically when you're doing these talk casts and you care about audio quality. But nevertheless, uh, I'm about almost in the office. Um, So, uh, TalkShoe, we could describe it several different ways. Um, And so let me just take a few different cuts for you. And you can use uh, whichever approach you like or all of them if, if it helps explain it better. So at one level, it's a very simple idea. It allows anyone to create their own Internet talk show. Everybody's familiar with the concept of a talk show. There's a host. The host is in control. People call in. They can ask questions. The host might interview a guest. And so you know, using that talk show paradigm works for some people, or talk show paradigm works for some people. And by the way, the name talk show is really just a play on the word talk show. It's how 
Ed Sullivan would say, you know, tonight we've got a really big talk shoe. Uh, a different way to look at it is as a, um, uh, and this is the one that we're, we're using most often, um, for a, an audience that is already podcasting literate, we would call it a live interactive podcast. And uh, at the first glance, those three words almost sound like there's some redundancy. Isn't live and interactive uh, sort of one and the same thing? But it's really not. We use each word to uh, connote something different. The idea of being interactive, well, that's pretty straightforward. People, when they're in a talk cast, as we call it, can uh, text chat. They can uh, talk back and forth, at least to the extent that the uh, host allows them in the uh, what you might call the voice domain. But in addition, uh, this is being, as a, as a podcast, being created as a podcast, recorded as a podcast, but it's also being streamed live to the internet. And so you can have uh, you know, any number of listeners uh, listening along to this thing, not dialed in via the telephone, not listening later via their iPod or whatever their MP3 player is, but simply uh, listening along on the computer as it's happening, and uh, maybe text chatting at the same time. So, so that's really why we use live and interactive uh, to describe what we do from a podcasting standpoint. One bit of trivia, and again, you can sort of decide what out of this you, you choose to use, but the original genesis for the idea of TalkShoe came from eBay. I was reading an article in the Wall Street Journal about eBay, and uh, you know, it was another stellar quarterly earnings report. It wasn't about you know, anything about the specifics of the, the system. It was just their uh, financial numbers. And I got to sort of thinking, you know, what is it about eBay that's so you know, fantastic? And I concluded that it was really two things. It had nothing to do with the website or the auction or you know, the, the, the basics of the feature functionality of, of eBay. What's brilliant about eBay is that it can connect two people that have a common interest, uh, no matter how obscure that interest is, no matter where they are in the world. And of course, it's connecting people to trade a product, um, you know, baseball cards, Beanie Babies, whatever. Um, but it's able to connect people along the lines of very narrow interests. And then secondly, there is this, it, it drives off of the entrepreneurial energies of others because there are the right economic incentives built into the system. So I got to wondering at that point in time, you know, eBay is for trading products. Could you build a business that was for trading information? And um, you know, that question was sort of the genesis of TalkShoe. If you could connect people that had a common interest for exchanging information, um, you know, whether that information is for entertainment purposes or because I have some expertise or I had a particular experience or we've got a common interest, whatever it is, if you can connect those people for exchanging information, that would be interesting, especially if you could create an economic uh, incentive to do so. And that was, that was where TalkShoe came from. So Mark, you going to unmute Lance? Okay. Hey guys, is that a little bit better? The, the blur is off. Sorry, did you did you get the audio okay on that, uh, Lance? I, I got it, until, except for the very last thing you said, just because it, it flips over into that few moments of silence or whatever it is in the transition. Oh. Okay, well, so just to repeat, um, the, uh, the, the summary there was... Uh, 
um, you know, talks you came from the idea of connecting people to exchange information, whether that information was for uh, entertainment purposes or because yeah. you had some expertise. Yeah, I, I did get it. I, I, I got the essence of what you were Yeah, and then, you know, with the right economic incentive and the, the whole idea of uh, actually paying content creators for what they do. So that's, that's where it came from. Okay, so so but, but part part of that seemed to be when you were saying you, kind of the connection between the audience and listener or the seller and buyer. Wouldn't you say that much of that existed already in podcasting, but in a different form? Um, well, I'm going to say it existed in a one-way mode, but I didn't think that was the sort of the exciting thing. So, yes, podcasting absolutely existed, no question. Uh, people would find programs of very narrow interest, but the vast majority of podcasting, I might even hazard to say 99% of podcasting before TalkShoe or before TalkShoe and companies like us uh, was the idea of somebody recording something, um, you know, we'll call it offline. It might have been solo. It might have been an interview like this, but it was offline from the audience. And so uh, it got posted someplace, and then the audience consumed it in a one-way-out mode. And um, to me, when, when I think about connecting with other people for exchanging information, um, it's fun if you can do that, or it's more compelling if you can do that in real time dynamically, um, you know, by talking as opposed to by, um, you know, the equivalent of emailing back and forth or even blogging back and forth. So, so the idea was uh, that, that live interactive connection and creating um, a, a richer uh, kind of experience, a richer set of content. And, you know, I'll give you just one quick example of, um, you know, one of the many uh, cases where you can see how this changes a podcast. There's two uh, Steelers football players, professional football players, two of the Steelers starters, that do a, um, a weekly podcast, Monday night, 7.30 Eastern Time. And um, one night, a guy from Kansas City uh, called in, a guy named Alex, and actually he typed the first question to the Steelers. Um, he said, uh, What's your favorite video game? They weren't talking about video gaming. They were talking about you know what they did in their off time, and so it was a relevant question, but it wasn't particularly interesting at the at the start. Well, they answered the question, then they went back to Alex and said, you know, what's your favorite game? And he said, Madden 2007. And very quickly, everybody realized that there were virtual likenesses of these two guys in that game. And and so Alex came back with, well, are you better in the in the physical world or the virtual world, and uh, Brett Kiesel, uh, number 99 on the Steelers, started complaining that uh, um, you know he didn't think his uh, agility rating was right and his character was a little puffy. And then it evolved into a discussion of royalties, and it turned out to be a 10-minute part of the podcast that nobody had you know conceived ahead of time, but it was brilliant, and it came out of that you know that real-time or live interactivity. So. Uh, yeah, I acknowledge there are two different forms of interactivity, and I think you know podcasting generally has been a one-way kind of connection um, or offline um, interactivity where maybe people commented or blogged about a podcast. What talks to you is is that real-time interactivity. Okay. Well, let, let me, let me get a, try to get a question here, and you guys may need to mute me, but it kind of it it, it all connects here. Um, you know, I think a lot of podcasters, certainly a lot of podcasters I know, 
you know, like to use things like Skype and, and the, the voice IP stuff. And, um, you know, I know there was external problems with the gardeners going. I don't think they're going at the moment. But um, it seems to me that, that the stuff with the voiceover stuff is not has not been resolved yet. And I know Brian and I have had several conversations about this, and, and he's pointed out that the majority of the issues with the voiceover IP stuff is the technology itself that really you guys have no control over. It's just kind of the where things stand today. But um, how how are people responding to let's just call them the technical glitches, the problems that 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 they encounter, including something like today, where I'm the guy asking the question but need to continue to be muted. Well, again, we're, just, we're muting you because you're. Um, I mean, just to be clear, we're muting you because there's background noise uh, from your environment and because you're using a computer essentially as a as a speakerphone, and um, that has those two issues have nothing to do with the technology, uh, voice over IP, or talk to. Uh, it would be a good idea at least to use a you know headset with microphone, better quality mic, and you're going to have a better quality connection. And um, one, let me, Dave, let me say one thing, Lance. See, there's a difference between if we just take Skype as an example. Um, users experience issues with Skype. That's true. And, and we could all talk about where the problem is. But other users use Skype and use it very successfully and are wildly successful, like Leo, who uses Skype to bring Amber together and Kevin from Big. And he puts them on a show, and it's wildly successful. So even though there are issues, or even though there's, and there's technology reasons for them, we can all try to point fingers. And all, people are using it, and they're, and they're loving it. So I don't know where you... It's almost as if the first time somebody had a big, you know, the old cell phones, the bag phones, and they'd carry them around, it was an inconvenience, and we could all have a better product design, but people were using it. And what we're finding is even though voice over IP, so even though Skype that uses voice over IP are, is problematic, it seems like the people who are really loving this, they look aside and they just still use it. Yeah, well, I want to build. I want to build on that a little bit more, if I could, and that is to say um, that uh, TalkShoe allows several different access modes, and so one of the ways that people access TalkShoe, I was surprised to see the percentage of people over 50. You know, fully one third of our users, last I looked, were over 50. Now that was more than a month ago, and Leo and his crowd has probably tilted that number a little bit, but. But a month ago, a third of the users was over over 50, and um, a lot of them are very non-technological, and they don't need to know anything more than pick up a phone, dial a 10-digit number, enter a TalkCast ID and a PIN, and then they were on the call with the host. And so in that case, it's very non-technical. It's very highly, we'll call it predictable, uh, very low variability, because telephone calls you know, always work. Touch tone dialing over the phone network always works. And so you get, you know, virtually 100% success with that access mode. Then you've got people like me at the moment who want to use a, a cell phone for convenience. Touch tone dialing doesn't work quite as well over the cell network, and the voice quality certainly isn't quite as good, but it's very convenient. And I was late getting back to the office, and even though I'm in the office now, I haven't walked back and sort of redialed in on the landline. Cell phones are sort of that 
that next step. Not quite as reliable, not quite as good. Voice over IP is yet a different way to come in to talk to you. And in that case, um, uh, often you get a much better quality connection because you're not constrained by the 3.8 kilohertz bandwidth of the telephony network or even the lower audio quality of the of the mobile network. But uh, something like touch tone dialing, which was designed to work over a synchronous circuit network, you know, it doesn't work a lot of the times over the internet. It has nothing to do with TalkShoe. Has nothing to do with Skype per se. It has to do with the fact that you get um, you know, what's called packet uh, jitter across the internet and a, a single digit, a two, that's packed into multiple packets. If those packets get split up, can show up as a two-two on the other end, and now you haven't successfully dialed in. It turns out that voice over IP is just a very new technology, and it's a very problematic technology, not because the people who built it aren't smart, but because the internet across which it rides is unpredictable. Unpredictable from a um, a, a delay and jitter standpoint. And so, uh, you know, from the end user experience, all of this detail I just offered is probably irrelevant. They tried to dial in to talk to you using voice over IP, and it didn't work because they couldn't get in their touch tones, or, you know, maybe the audio quality was bad because there wasn't bandwidth between them and us. Uh, you know, that doesn't really matter to them. They didn't have a, a good experience. I guess the bottom line is we provide all the modes of access, and our general advice to hosts is. Use a landline to dial in with a good quality um, microphone, not just a typical telephone. You'll get a fantastic quality of connection. If you're a little more technically savvy, you know, step into the voice over IP realm, but again, use the right equipment on the end so that you're getting um, you know, good quality audio pickup, minimum noise, minimum feedback. Um, sometimes, and I'm not sure exactly why it's not happening right now, but sometimes when people try to do what you're doing, they will, maybe you're not uh, listening to this on speakers, but they'll have their computer microphone and their speakers going, and uh, the audio coming out of the speakers gets picked up on the mic and it echoes back into the system, and you know it's it's really a mess. So you know, bottom line is, I guess it's uh, it's uh, there's a lot of moving parts to do something like this, and um, while I think this uh, whole system is uh, reasonably easy to use. It's actually, you know, pretty complicated. Like the engine of a Mercedes is pretty complicated under the hood, and um, you know, there's a learning curve to really make best use of it. Yeah, we should also say that uh, in terms of voice over IP, we we do have full intention of integrating a voice over IP client directly into TalkShoe, which will allow our users to, to easier connect, and there shouldn't be the issues with the touch tone dialing and that sort of thing. And that's something we're working on right now. Well, well, cool. I mean, I, I know you know one of the reasons that I was uh, originally contacted is because I'm you know the founder of the LA Podcasters, and and uh, certainly I was giving the word out to a lot of podcasters. And I just know how podcasters are and want they they want to use either Skype or something similar to that. They want to uh, do kind of what they do when they talk on Skype. I think in, in many respects. So I, I I that's why I'm I'm kind of pressing that issue a little bit just because I know the people that I was kind of reaching out to a lot of them are podcasters, but I'm going to go even deeper with that. And um, Podcast User Magazine, the, the nerve center of it, the, the really the lifeblood of it is based in the UK. And um, I, I, I don't imagine that people in the UK would want to be calling um, using a phone um, to, do, to do stuff. So I think, I think the, finding ways to, to be able to 
use this in a kind of a reliable way without using a phone is, is essential to the people who would be both, you know, kind of reading the, like I say, the main group of people that are associated with check out uh, Podcast User Magazine are in the UK. So it is kind of a UK audience that we're, that we're dealing with here. So maybe you guys can address you know, some solutions that they might be able to find using the Yeah, I'll, I'll echo what uh, Mark had a minute ago, and that is that uh, we are working to integrate the voice over IP technology directly into uh, Talk to Live. And the idea there is to um, take down some of the barriers of having a separate client, whether it's SJ phone or, um, you know, Skype and having to dial uh, separately. And in fact, by doing that, we can get a better quality connection than, than a Skype connection coming into TalkShoe because uh, with Skype, you're using Skype out and transitioning onto the telephony infrastructure to complete a call into, uh, into TalkShoe. With SJ Phone, as you're doing right now, you can come all the way into the TalkShoe voice bridge, which is the highest quality conferencing equipment on the planet. Same thing, by the way, that British Telecom and Sprint and, and NASA among many others use, um, you can come all the way in without ever touching the telephony infrastructure and being you know, narrowed down to that 3.8 kilohertz audio spectrum. So by integrating voice over IP into TalkShoe Live, and this will happen in the coming months, um, we should be able to make it easier to use, easier to connect in. We should be able to take away the issues of touch unreliability going across the Internet. Uh, so I think it will be substantially improved. But that said, I do have to emphasize that a certain number of voice over IP issues are due not to um, you know, the, the VoIP client you're using or the conferencing hardware you're using, but things that happen against the unpredictable uh, internet across the, um, you know, across the core of uh, um, the internet. And well, I think the other thing to say, Dave, is, is the quality will be as good as VoIP quality is. And VoIP quality will get better, and it has gotten better. I, I mean, I, I remember being on a VoIP call years ago, and it sounded terrible. <laughs> right, and, but the audio codecs are improving. The right. uh, utilization of bandwidth, uh, what do you do when you encounter packet jitter, all those things, there's a certain amount you can start to uh, uh, correct for. But the statistics I've seen right now say that about 99.999, of telephone calls go through with um, you know, no glitches at user expected quality, whereas right now across the entire world of VoIP, only about 80%, four out of five. So, so the idea of you know, one out of five calls not working for whatever reason or not being at quality, um, it's, again, I'm not going to say it's because the, uh, uh, you know, the VoIP guys are in any way uh, not geniuses, because they are but they're dealing with a very unpredictable network that is not built for um, uh, you know, jitter-free or delay-free delivery of information. You know, email doesn't care if it gets delayed for a second going over the Internet. Voice, on the other hand, that really starts to mess up the conversation. And similarly, email doesn't care if at one point in the network it gets squeezed down to some very low bit rate. Uh, voice, on the other hand, you know, that doesn't work. So I think that uh, VoIP is just its a relatively new technology, and um, the Internet itself is not optimized for voice-type traffic yet. It will get better and better over time, but uh, you know, we, we are where we are. One let's last just, point I'd let's just, 
basically, let's just summarize in, in you know, very simply saying, podcasters want VoIP. We're doing VoIP. Um, VoIP has issues, but it has VoIP issues with or without TalkShoe. Um, you, right now, you can use things like SJ Phone or Skype. So there are many, many answers, and there will become more answers over time that are cost-effective, and the co quality will continue to improve. I that's think that's the bottom line. Brilliant. I, I hear what you guys are saying. I I, I get it, um, but I, I still feel like picture that you're directing your answer to a UK audience specifically that is learning about this product maybe for the very first time. And um, you know, I know I know uh, Dave said something about you know in the next in the coming months or whatever. Is that you know January, February, or is that March, April? Um, I guess I. You know, I'm writing this article, and I'm and I'm and I know that my audience, a lot of them in, are in the UK, and it's going to have a little bit of that slant to it. So, do you have anything specifically you'd want to say to that audience who maybe are a couple of months away from maybe feeling totally comfortable because maybe there isn't for a couple of months the integrated voice over IP stuff? I don't know, um, well, but, but maybe right, you can address so it the specifics to that specific audience. Right. So in the UK and in much of the rest of the world, we see a very high volume of Skype callers into TalkShoe using the Skype out mode. Um, that is very popular. You can use it today. Um, you know, you may have some issues with the touch tone dialing, but other than that, um, you know, once you connect in, usually it works quite well. Beyond that, uh, you can use SJ Phone today as, as you're doing, Lance. Uh, documentation for that is available on our website. It's one click off of the home page. If you click onto the Host Resources Center, uh, there's a whole guide on how to download and configure SJ Phone uh, for use with our service. And um, you know, in that case, you're going IP uh, from your client directly into uh, uh, TalkShoe Live, and there are absolutely zero telecom charges. And then the other thing, Dave, is there's a, there's a service that some people in the UK have used called JawJar, and uh, we've had a number of users successfully uh, come into our calls with, with very good quality. So there are many uh, uh, options. The way I look at it is the options exist today to do VoIP for existing podcasters. We use the same options so they can use VoIP today. In addition to that, not instead, in in, not instead of, but in addition to that, we're integrating it to make it better quality and more easy to access. Okay, so you, you've kind of got what you got today, plus you know the the better stuff is is right around the corner. When do you think the integration uh, of the voice over IP into the into the client will ha will take place? Uh, I think it's on the order of uh, a couple of months. Um, it's uh, not something that uh, is particularly technically complicated. Uh, it's just we've got a long list of features we're working on, and so I think uh, you know a couple of months, and uh, you'll see that uh, integration. Um, you can already see the beginnings of it in the uh, design of the TalkShoe Live client. That there's a purple button in the upper right that you uh, click to get dial-in info, um, in the future that button instead of presenting the info will actually trigger the dial-in. So you can see that we're working in that direction. But a uh, couple of months, Lance, uh, is the time frame. 
Well, I, I know you guys are working on it, and I know you guys, uh, you know, you, you're you're very helpful, and you listen to your to your uh, podcasters and hosts and stuff. And so I don't mean to be pressing it too hard, but but definitely it it is an issue. Um, you know, I, I when I'm putting this piece together, you know, I got to be real about it, you know. And, and, um, and you know what, I totally agree with you. As talk shoes today, or as talk shoe launched back in June. The voice over IP was the one thing that I envisioned being there on day one that didn't come right away. So I right. always viewed it as a fundamental part of the service. So you and I completely agree on that. Good. Um, you know, well, cool. I, I, no, I no, and I and I understand there's there's just there's other technical things and here's and there's that that you know some are controllable, some are somewhat controllable, um, and and I and I do understand that. Um, I, I let, let's maybe move from that and and uh we'll go maybe another 15 minutes or so and then i'm going to get get ready for the other one i'll, I'll use my phone for my my live of my public podcast um but where do you see things going in the new year beyond just some of the technical things that we've been talking about but let's say do you see 2007 as kind of sort of your big year in the way that maybe uh 2005 was for skype and and maybe 2006 was for myspace Yes, I, I think that's, that's exactly what we see. And so there are, um, you know, just a few priorities that come out of that. Number one, I mean, you're getting right to um, why isn't voice done already? It's because we have had to put a lot of work into scaling our system because the service is growing so quickly. We're thrilled, no issue, but it's about five times larger at this point than we had expected it to be and it shows every sign of accelerating. So we've had to step back and say, okay, guys, you know, how do we make sure that we can double this, double it, double it, double it, double it again? And so 2007, part of it is about this phenomenal scale. And I already have a commitment from my telecom partner to put in 40 times more gear than what we've got in TalkShoe Live right now. So, so you'll see a lot of work on scale because the show's you know, all evidence, all signs of already having broken out, and we just want to stay ahead of that tsunami. Um, number two, a fundamental part of our model is, uh, you know, we pay the content creators based on the audience that they attract. We're sharing the revenue with them, and we we kicked off that revenue share even though we weren't bringing in revenue. Uh, we we activated the formula back in August. So since August, people have been paid monthly for their uh, their talk cap. In fact, um, Cliff, who I think you're going to talk to later today, earned uh, more than $1,000 last month based on his audience. Bottom line is we've got the technology ready to go for audio ad insertion, but 2007 you'll see short 10-second uh, ads typically showing up, anywhere between one ad in a very short podcast and four ads in a one-hour. So it's not heavy on advertising, but... Uh, little bit of advertising that generates money for both TalkShoe and the host. Uh, so that's uh, number two. And then you'll see, uh, again, what I've already termed what I thought was fundamental to the TalkShoe experience, voice over IP. That will be very early in the year. Um, and then um, number four, you'll see us put a lot of work into enhancing the interactive, the live interactive experience that is TalkShoe Live. So, you're seeing a little bit of what's possible with the chat and with the muting and unmuting callers. You can now put in your profile and see profiles of other people. My favorite feature, you know, when you've brought together these people who don't necessarily know each other's voices, is this 
see who's talking. So you know, somebody's username is highlighted as they speak, but you can go beyond that. So you'll see a lot of focus in uh, 2007 on enhancing that, making it a more and more compelling interactive experience. And um, you know, there's a million ideas we have, but just to cite uh, one or two, um, for example, a host could organize a set of um, links that they want to uh, talk about and have people be able to jump directly to them. Uh, the host could put those links in a chat comment and make them clickable or in the the white window that's on the right-hand side of the TalkShoe Live pane. So uh, you'll see that kind of stuff. Um, I think that when you're talking with people that you don't know, being able to see um, either images, pictures, or avatars is uh, an interesting idea. So we'll be exploring that. And you know, probably our best ideas are things that we haven't thought of yet or that people haven't suggested to, to us yet. I expect in 2007 there will be a lot of great ideas around TalkShoe Live and uh, some cool features that uh, enhance the live interactive experience. Yeah, and, and also, uh, you know, you talked about 2007 being a big year. We always saw 2006 as kind of our, you know, our building year. That's why we called it a beta. Uh, we invited uh, people to give us feedback. Uh, we're building the service. We're adding hardware. We're adding software. And this is all in anticipation of what we absolutely see of kind of massive load uh, coming into uh, TalkShoe very, very soon. I mean, it's already started. It'll continue uh, in the coming months. Yeah, the one thing I'm excited about with respect to the platform we picked, Lance, is the conference bridges at the core of TalkShoe. I don't know whether we'll ever need to go this far, but because of the same things NASA uses when they're doing, you know, mission control on a space shot, they can handle 10,000 callers on a uh, single conference. And we haven't equipped our, our systems to go that far yet, but that's what the equipment is designed to do. So uh, we really are thinking a lot about the scalability stuff. Real quick, uh, how many, if you were to take a guess, and I know you don't necessarily have this data, but if you're guessing how many podcasters, uh, people who do podcasts right now, not associated with TalkShoe, but, you know, or maybe they are, but, but what is the percentage of people that know about you? What, in terms of the podcasting world, not the whole world, but just the podcasting world, what, what would you guess if you were just going to make a guesstimate? Yeah, if I were going to guess, uh, and Mark, maybe you want to render uh, your guess too, but th this is really just a guess, and no, I'll tell you the logic for my guess. Um, you know, I think there are something on the order of, you know, just ballpark, it's about 100,000 podcasts out there, probably more because that's growing every day. In uh, TalkShoe, we sequentially assign TalkCast IDs, and we're coming up on uh, TalkCast ID 10,000 pretty soon. Uh, by the way, uh, maybe half of those are private and half are public. So let's say there are 5,000 public TalkCast IDs for shows that have been created. We only assign those when a show is created on TalkShoe. But you know, if there are 5,000 people who have gone in and created a show on TalkShoe against uh, you know, a backdrop of 100,000, you know, we're probably still in single-digit percentages uh, of, of podcasters that really know about that about us. Uh, that's why we're excited to talk to you. It's why we're excited when people like Leo, uh, Leo Laporte, that a lot of other podcasters follow. You know, when he moved his show to TalkShoe on November 5th, I think a lot more people started finding out about us. But again, the vast majority of the world, even the podcasting world, probably hasn't heard of TalkShoe yet. And the other thing I would say about that in terms of being recognized is we're really um, 
our marketing strategy in terms of getting to people and telling them about us in the podcasting world. Um, a lot of that is kind of the, the viral, guerrilla-type, base-level marketing, going to pod camps, contacting people like yourself in podcast groups. So you know, you're not going to see us do some massive ad on, you know, uh, on the Super Bowl or, or, or any other websites which may have millions and millions of people who might be podcasters. We're uh, going can you tell you about the uh, Super Bowl ad I ran? That's, that's next Super Bowl, not, not this oh, one, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 08. Fine. We'll get the 08 Super Bowl. So I think that, that you know, it's – and this is part of the whole strategy. I mean, if, if we kind of blew this out really fast, people would have come to us really fast, and we probably didn't have what they wanted. So we needed to use months to get up, and, and guess what? We've got already, you know, 20 features people would like to see or more. Um, so, And we'll continue to get those. But we really want to get in the podcasting community and feel that we're in the community. We don't want to feel we're just um, providing, you know, some software for podcasters. We want to feel that we're a content provider, that we're uh, helping podcasters, that we're on, on the same side. Uh, we're paying them. Um, we're getting paid. We're sharing. It, we really want to be seen as a podcaster. Um, and I think so far that this kind of viral word of mouth and, and hopefully articles like, you know, like you're writing are really going to spread the word uh, that way. So let's let's just say for for just kind of round numbers, we're talking at maybe somewhere between five and ten percent of the podcasting you know hosts that are out there of the hundred thousand or so uh, know about you. What, what kind of number this time next year would you would you hope that would be? Uh, well, I hope it would be realistically, realistically. Well, I mean, heard of us. Uh, well, um, just kind of, like a real awareness, like like in the way that podcasters are aware of of MySpace and and maybe even more. The analogy might be better with Skype in terms of like the population doesn't necessarily know about Skype, but almost every podcaster either knows about it or uses it. Um, let's see uh, how to state this. Um, well, 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 Dave, the one the one way to state it is just kind of without using a number right now is that. We want to be known for uh, a specific thing. You know, we don't want necessarily every podcaster to just know who we are um, for no reason. We want people to say, "Oh, you want to do a live interactive podcast? Well, here's who you got to check out. You got to go to TalkShoe because they have this cool environment, etc., etc., etc." If you just want to do a straight-up podcast and you're doing a video one today, no, you're probably not going to know who we are because it's not necessarily relevant, unless you want to connect with your audience, and then you you will have heard for, about TalkShoe because that's a way to connect with your uh, video audience in that case, but you want to have an after-the-show chat or something like that. So I think that, that's important. Is we, we don't want to be known for you know to everybody. When I talk like Skype, which says we just communicate, the problem with Skype and Skypecast is they're not optimized for podcasting. We are optimized for podcasting, and that's why we think um, – you know, we'll, we'll get a, a good penetration in terms of uh, awareness out there. Uh, Dave, you were going to say something. And, uh, I, think that's, more. Um, I think that's well put. The one other thing, if, if you do want uh, a number, we are absolutely expecting and, and preparing to be dealing with numbers of millions of downloads a week. So it gives you a sense of the kind of scale we're thinking about uh, when we're going after after this business. So sometime in 07, there will be that week when we first have more than a million downloads of uh, episodes that are based on TalkShoe. 
I, I guess why I'm kind of pressing this a little bit is because, um, you know, like I say, in, in 2005 when I started, um, Skype was, was the sort of the extra tool that a podcaster had. Um, last year it seemed to be, uh, even against all my screaming and clawing and everything else, MySpace, which I hate, by the way. Um, but MySpace became this tool. It wasn't necessarily replacing, you know, what the person was doing with their podcast, but it sort of became this tool of, you know, networking and promotion and various other things. Um, I, I see a potential for this being that tool of 2007 and for podcasters. Of course, you know, we, we I agree. We are speaking mostly about audio podcasters at this point, and, and, uh, which I think still makes the bulk of, of podcasters at, uh, you know, of that 100,000 at this point, maybe, maybe not by this time next year. So that being said, uh, do you see that as a possibility? Do you, can, you, can you see that? Oh, absolutely. I can see that. I, I do um, want to come back, though, and emphasize one thing that Mark said, and that is the talk show really is about live interactive podcasting, you know, multiple people coming together as, as part of the uh, event. And um, I'm sure that there will still be uh, podcasters in the world now and 10 years from now that you know, happily sit in their basement and record solo into their computer. They uh, edit it and upload it. I mean, that's a perfectly viable podcast, and there's really good ways to do it. And um, uh, you know, for that kind of podcast, I don't think uh, that person is going to be uh, interested in talk um, show. At least not for the podcasts they do every week or every day. I do believe that more and more of those of people who've been operating in that mode will start to see the thrill of actually connecting uh, live with their audience and starting to get a bi-directional interchange. You know, one, one thing I'd observe about podcasting, I've been doing a um, home winemaking podcast for almost a year. And, uh, you know, the, the one thing about podcasting, it's fun and novel at first, but it becomes real work over time. Um, you know, when you have to start, you know, planning out your shows and doing research, and I'm sure that there are many podcasters who spend two or three hours of research time for every one hour of actual, you know, resulting podcast. When you do it in an inter interactive mode, it is just fundamentally more fun. It's easier. You know, back on my winemaking show, you know, I had a guy call in one night that was an expert in oak barrels and you know, half the show ended up being about oak barrels and oak products, and it wasn't something where I had to go research it and script it. It was very fulfilling to me as the host because I was, you know, learning and drawing something. It wasn't just a one-way out. It was actually, a, you know, more participative, um, not just for listeners, which we now call participants, but for the host, uh, um, you know, himself or herself. And, and so, um, you know, I think that's our, our space. It's not 100% of the podcasting space, but I think it will turn into a very um, large part of the way podcasts are done. The other thing I think that people will start to know us for when we get this the whole ad machine going is really a place to go where you can use their tool, but also um, where they're a network and they can get 
what you can't get, which is a bunch of advertisers to pay you. And I think that's going to spread like wildfire. Everybody's going to know, hey, go to talk to you, and they'll pay you. And then they'll see our servers and go, whoa, and I get all this interactivity and free hosting and everything else. So it's it's a full experience, but uh, nothing like paying people. <laughs> well, real quick, guys, because I want to kind of wind up and then head over to the other one. Um, regarding the, the the simplicity part and and uh, you know setting up setting up a podcast, I think you know I think one of the strengths that you guys have that you may even try to emphasize even more is that uh, you know you can you know sign up uh, you know download the the client and all that kind of stuff, but get do your thing and record. And suddenly, a few hours later, it's posted on the internet. You didn't have to do anything other than hit stop, hit start and stop, and there's an RSS feed uh, created for it. And that's a big deal. Those are a lot of those hurdles that somebody who's thinking about doing a podcast, you know, is going to get past pretty quickly. And I think that is a that's a real kind of selling point to people who are either doing podcasts or have thought about doing podcasts. But the minute they hear about RSS feed, they just go in the tank. So. Um, I that's, think a, that, that's a good point on one thing is is there's sort of at one level there's two types of podcasters there's podcasters and, and people who will become podcasters right. and the second group we have people on our system you know who kind of use the web <laughs> and that's right. about it you know and they came on and they did have a telephone and they didn't know what VoIP was but guess what they're some big podcaster now and they've got a lot of hits and they've got an audience and they love it um, I think in fact Mark that's probably explains why at least uh, early on we had so many people who were 50 and over. I mean, people who have a lot to say, who have a lot of experience, want to share it with the world, but where the technical, because they weren't into computers and technology and RSS feeds and hosting and all that, uh, they had never stepped up to this. So Lance, I think you've emphasized a, a very important point. We haven't yet been you know, sort of highlighting the ease of use because it's been so important to get the concept of live and interactive podcasting out there. But I think you're very, uh, well, probably ahead of the curve in that at some point as we become known more for the live and interactive, then emphasizing the ease of use, the automatic nature of this, the fact you don't have to upload and deal with RSS, that that'll become important. Well, I, I think so, guys, and, and uh, you know, I do appreciate everything you've done, and, and uh, I did have one little follow-up question. If somebody doesn't want to participate in the, the advertising angle of it, is it possible to opt out for that part but still participate in TalkShoe? I think I know my answer, but, but I just want to get a clarification. Uh, yes, the, uh, the answer is yes. Um, we um, already have exactly that kind of offer for corporate customers because the corporations who are using this want their own look and feel on the web pages, and so it's uh, uh, maybe not real uh, uh, prominently highlighted, but you'll find a number of corporate pages built inside uh, TalkShoe that don't have our navigation, don't have our colors. In fact, they're all the look and feel of you know, Landslide Technologies or IAQ Radio or you know, whoever the corporation happens to be. Um, in that case, they pay a fee, and they're able to use the system completely ad-free. Um, you know how that I, I, I think I think also he was saying can opt out of getting paid, um, right? Is that right? So I'm not sure, Lance, if you mean get opt out of getting paid or opt out of having ads put in your podcast. 
Well, it'd be one in the same, Mark. In fact, I just wrote a forum post on this this morning. Um, I was commenting on a, a related question, and I think, and I'm just speculating at this point, because Lance, we, you know, now you're getting to sort of the boundaries of what we know and what we've done, but I think we'll see some shows on TalkShoe where, um, you know, either the person doesn't want advertising and is willing to, um, you know, simply use the free service and, and not be paid as a host, or the nature of their show uh, because it's on politics and it's very controversial and no advertisers want to be associated with that show, there is no audio advertising, in which case they also probably don't get paid. I summarized uh, my forum post by saying it's early, but I think we probably still allow those people to use the system for free just because they're, they'll attract an audience that will find other stuff and will ultimately monetize it. But you know that's, uh, that's work to be done. Okay, well, thanks, guys. I, I may follow up early next week with with a few uh, follow up questions. You know, I'm going to talk to uh, you know the hosts and and participants and such in a minute. So I appreciate your time and I appreciate uh, you know your your honest answers. And uh, you know, like I say, this isn't going to be a puff piece, but I certainly I think you'll have something you can quote and put up on the website. You know what I mean? All right, be, fantastic. Be a couple good things, so. We appreciate that, and, and but, obviously, but like I said, I'm going to keep it honest as, as much as I can because I want it. Uh, you know, I have a certain credibility that I got to maintain. You know, we we would uh, expect nothing but. And if we can help, uh, you know, add detail or clarify or whatever, please call us and let us know. And if you don't mind, I'm going to dial in and just listen along for the next uh, hour. Oh yeah, please, please, and and I'll, and I'll, I may uh, you know ask you to talk and stuff. So you know. And, and Lance, also, if you have any, you know, questions that you want just some specific details on, you know, send me an email and I'll give you a nice written answer that's just, um, you know, to the point of some of your specific questions. Fantastic, guys. I really appreciate your help, and I'm going to uh, get set up for the next one on, on okay. the landline. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.